and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CMEA markets. It's Wednesday, February 14th, and I'm Andrew Ross. Coming up this week, we will discuss Swedish debt collector Intrum as its notes continue to slide downwards. Then we will talk about Arda Group, the glass and metals packaging group, and its own looming debt maturities. We will then run through the key highlights of the primary market this past week. But first, we're going to talk about the latest developments in Altice's ongoing deleveraging plans with credit analyst Nikhil Bersani. With Altice France's upcoming 2025 and 2026 maturities and the, uh, the group's public deleveraging commitments to reducing leverage by one turn or about €4 billion Euros by summer, there's a bit of concern around whether they can actually achieve this. Nikhil, I understand that you're working on some financial analysis on this. So why don't you tell us some of your thoughts on the situation? Hi, Andrew. Yeah, so Altice France has about $1.5 billion of debt maturing in 2025. Though performer of some of the transactions, such as the private placement they did last December, um, some of the debt redemptions since then, and including asset sale proceeds from the data centers, which management said that they will be applying to the 2025s, then all of that into consideration, they have about just over 700 million left in 2025. Um, and after that, there's about 1.3 billion of term loans in 2026. So the question becomes, what do they need to do? Well. In our view, there are a few levers that they can pull. They need to bring in cash, and how they do that is through asset sales. So there were recent reports about their highly valuable XP Fiber business reportedly attracting bids, and that definitely helps the group in trying to meet this 4 billion target that they're trying to achieve. Um, though we believe that the XP Fiber business could fetch a multiple between sort of 15 to 20, 20 times on an EV EBITDA uh, basis, um, and that should help potentially cover most of the 4 billion debt reduction targeted alone. Given the historical valuation gaps um, as seen with Altice Portugal, for example, um, and those valuation gaps between ma- what management wants and the market views across the assets. Because of these sort of gaps, there, there could be the need for an additional asset sell. Now, because of the execution risk and potential gaps in valuation, we believe a sale of the Portugal business, which is held at Altice International, is the likely additional option needed to make meaningful inroads into um, improving its capital structure. In our view, it could lead to the capital structure to a state where it's much in a much better position to refinance, um, refinance the, the certain maturities that will be coming over the next few years beyond the, the 2026s. So given time is of the essence and transactions of this size could, could take longer than ideally necessary to close, the group could look into signing binding agreements, um, thus allowing for pro forma credit metrics to be sort of in line with their targets. Further, if it came to a point whereby the January and February 2025 notes were needing to be repaid, we believe the group could look to some sort of short-term bridge facilities to try and facilitate debt payments. Separately, um, outside of you know the XP Fiber and Portugal businesses that we, we mentioned, there are other subsidiaries that the international could look to 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 um, to dispose of. Um, for example, Dominican Republic, Teeds. Um, there's also the Israeli hot business, though we think that's not on the sort of high priority list because of the geopolitical unrest in the region. And 
though, though they have these sorts of other subsidiaries, we think a greater interest is in the other assets such as XP Fiber and um, Portugal, um, and why these other options may be looked as more of an alternative or a secondary option. So if they're able to bring in these proceeds and get over their near-term maturities, what does that mean for the rest of the capital structure? Will they need to do more or will, they, will, or will their capital structure be more sustainable? Well, under our base case forecast, we see Altice France being able to turn to cash generation by um, fiscal year 2025. Um, and that's larger on the back of improvements to margins and significantly lower capex whilst also being able to sort of sustain a adequate interest, cover, interest coverage ratio of close to three times. Hence, if the group is able to address its near-term maturities and deliver on its deleveraging commitments, the path to a refinanceable capital structure could be achievable here. I mean, currently, although um, the senior secured, uh, we see the senior secured debt to be covered, the senior debt at the hold co level is barely covered. So currently the cap stack is clearly and significantly overlevered with no real equity cushion to support these creditors. Now, if the group is able to delete, to reduce its gross debt levels by the proposed 4 billion target, assuming this takes place at the senior secured level with a par repayment, for example, um, this could reduce the group's LTV at the senior secured level much closer to the sort of mid, mid to low sort of 60% region or around the 80% region for the senior debt. Um, and those are sort of under our, our base case. Um, and if if there are sort of below par tenders that um, they choose to do, then that just makes their cash stretch a little further. So all in all, Altis France has the necessary levers to make this work. Um, though there is a material amount of ex- execution risk, let alone the sort of faith in management and gov- um, from a governance perspective, which has sort of come under, under question over recent times as well. Okay, thank you very much, Nikhil. Joining me now to discuss Interim is Credit Analyst Wayne Jimbawa and Senior Legal Analyst Azura Camilleri. Hi Wayne, can you get us up to speed? Sure Andrew. Swedish debt collector Interim was dominating the headlines of the high yield universe as the prices of its longer dated notes slid to distressed levels. This was off the back of the slower than expected deleveraging, higher collection costs and muted growth in its servicing business in the face of its 1.3 billion euro maturity wall in 2025. Previously, the company had stated that 2024 and 2025 maturities would be covered by a mixture of available liquidity, proceeds from asset sales and organic cash flow. Whilst the market is certain the 2024s can be repaid, there remains a deal of uncertainty of how the 2025s will be addressed. This is because cash flow can't cover the maturities and further asset sales will result in the RCF being materially downsized. The RCF is already expected to be reduced to 1.2 billion euros from 1.8 billion euros and further asset sales will decrease commitments further. This has led to our Covenant team exploring other ways in which Interim can address their maturities. So with point Two seven billion euros of debt maturing in 2025, including 850 million euro of senior notes. What can they do to do under the existing bond documentation? Well, Hintrum probably can refinance all this debt with unsecured debt, given its precarious situation. The group has senior notes maturing in 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027 and 2028. 
The covenant terms under the senior notes are similar, but some baskets in the 2024, 2026 and 2027 are smaller compared to the 2025 and 2028. So Intrum is currently bound by the tightest basket in the 2024. As of December 31, 2023, we calculated at least 797 million of secured debt capacity for general purposes. This can partially help address the 2025 maturities, including part of the 850 million outstanding under the 2025. And what else can Interim do? As it's done in the past, it will sell assets and pay down other debt, including the RCF or debt incurred under the credit facility basket, debt of a non-guarantor restricted subsidiary or secured debt. But if it wants to use asset sale proceeds to pay down the senior notes, it must repay all outstanding senior notes pro rata and at par. It cannot prioritize the 2025, for example, or buy them in the open market at a discount. Another situation that has been in the minds of investors lately has been Arda Group, the global manufacturer of metal and glass packaging products. It also is facing significant debt maturities in the coming years, and there has been a lot of speculation as to how it might meet them. Joining us today is Bart Capici, a senior covenant lawyer at Reorg, and he's going to discuss the challenges that Arda faces and how it might deal with them. Thanks for uh, joining us, Bart. Well, thanks for having me, Andrew. Great. So can you take us through and explain the situation at Arda? Sure. Arda has a relatively complicated capital structure with debt at every level of the structure. In the center is Arda Group, which operates the glass packaging business. It has $700 million of senior secured notes maturing in 2025 and $2.5 billion maturing in 2026, along with $2.3 billion of unsecured notes due in 2027. Now, Arda Group owns a 76% stake in the common equity and all of the preferred shares in its subsidiary Arda Metal Packaging, which is listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Metal Packaging has $1.7 billion of secured bonds maturing in 2027 and 2028 and $1.6 billion of unsecured bonds maturing in 2029. And now sitting above Arda Group is ARD Finance, which issued $1.7 billion of pay-if-you-can-pick notes due 2027. The immediate problem is the $700 million of Arda Group bonds maturing in April 2025, followed by another $2.5 billion in 2026. And this comes at a time when its cash flow is down, making the prospect of refinancing its bonds in the ordinary course as they come due much more difficult. So what can they do to address the situation? Well, there's a big question about what Arda Group might do with its stake in metal packaging. Overall, metal packaging has been doing better than the glass packaging business of Arda Group, generating about $600 million of annual EBITDA. The interesting thing about the metal packaging business is that we've been told that it's been designated as an unrestricted subsidiary under the bonds of Arda Group, and so it is largely free of the restrictions contained in those bonds. Accordingly, Arda Group could raise priming debt against its shares in metal packaging in a J. Crew-style drop-down transaction. We calculate it could raise up to $1.5 billion that way. 
Another option would be for Ardaw Group to monetize its stake in metal packaging by selling the shares it holds, potentially raising up to $2 billion. Now, because metal packaging is an unrestricted subsidiary, it will be outside the scope of the asset sale covenants in Ardaw Group's bonds, and Group could do what it likes with the proceeds. Finally, the restricted payments covenant in both the Ardaw Group bonds and the AMP finance pick notes allow shares in an unrestricted subsidiary to be distributed to shareholders. So Ardaw Group could move metal packaging shares up to AMP Finance to deal with the pick bond maturity, or even up to the ultimate shareholders to ensure they kept some value if Ardaw Group went into a restructuring. Okay, and do you think they'd really distribute the metal packaging shares to the shareholders? Well, it is permitted by the bond documents, but there are obvious fraudulent conveyance and related concerns when you transfer assets to shareholders while the repayment of the debt is in doubt. And so the directors would understandably be nervous about doing that. Another issue with selling or spinning out metal packaging is that it's a significant source of revenue for Ardaw Group, paying it about $66 million per quarter in dividends. If Group disposes of that, that revenue stream disappears. Right, so what do you think is going to happen? If I knew that, I would have retired a long time ago. They do have a variety of options, though, including reducing CapEx and potentially selling their Trivium joint venture, all of which we've examined in a number of recent articles. And I'd encourage you to read them if you're interested in RDA. You can find them on our website at reorg.com. I think I think metal packaging, being an unrestricted subsidiary of Group, gives them options they wouldn't normally have, but the cash flow that it generates may outweigh the value of those other options. Okay, Bart, thanks for your insights. Uh, Very interesting situation. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Joining me now to discuss the primary market uh, is a leveraged finance reporter Beatrice Mervolian. Hi Beatrice, can you tell us what's going on this past week? So um, this week the primary market is a bit quieter, mainly because of half term. Um, There were no new bonds launched this week. There are new loans being marketed by Telco Aircom uh, for an amend and extend deal, uh, repricing for cleaning services company uh, Group Services France, a small add-on for testing and inspection group Socotech. And payments business Ingenico is marketing a loan for refinancing. There's also one LBO f- uh, financing of about $1 billion in the market um, for pipeline solutions provider Rosen, which is being acquired by Partners Group. Um, loans are still in the market from last week for issuers including sub-metering provider TechChem and visual content specialist Getty Images. TechChem is mar- marketing an A&E and partial refi, and Getty Images is also marketing a refinancing. Um, TechM's performance has been strong and is expected to continue to be favorable, although investors highlighted that the group may have slightly negative free cash flow generation for a few months after the deal because of higher interest costs and increased capex. Meanwhile, Getty Images is definitely a market leader, um, but it does have slightly high leverage. Um, It has exposure to cyclical consumer discretionary businesses, and investors have questioned whether it faces substitution risk from uh, increased use of AI. However, beyond the Rosen deal, which is a relatively small LBO, there's still little new money issuance and the M&A pipeline is limited. Um, There's been pressure on private equity, of course, to return cash to partners, 
which some people argue will prompt sellers to to accept less favorable valuations for their assets. But this um, this hasn't quite materialized yet in a, in a surge of new LBOs and, and um, LBO financings. Uh, last week, UK infrastructure company Keir priced um, 250 million sterling um, senior unsecured notes at par to pay a 9% coupon. Proceeds of the issuance will be used to partly repay um, their outstanding debt and, and um, 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 partly their, their unsecured, uh, unsecured RCF. Um, investors have have had quite sort of varying opinions about the credit. Some declined the offering because of its small size, the sterling denomination, as well as the company's geographical focus on on the UK. Um, Others were saying that Kira is well positioned to benefit from um, continued plans for strong UK government spending on infrastructure. And although margins are low, which, you know, is the case with government work, government contracts do provide the company with strong visibility and inflation protection. Um, the company did stage a bit of reco- a recovery over recent years. Um, following a period of, of growth from about 2013 to 2016, Kia had very high working capital outflows um, and, and it continued to upstream dividends um, to uh, shareholders despite weak cash flow generation. Um, and the company has uh, also had an unsuccessful rights issue in 2018. They also lost about uh, 80% of their share price um, around that time. Uh, however, since then, uh, the group has reverted to a less aggressive strategy in relation to M&A and contracts. Um, meanwhile, Ardenag, the UK insurance broker, also priced um, a, a bond refinancing last week, Um the, there was also kind of a small uh, uh, an upsizing of the senior secured notes to $750 million from $500 million on that deal. Um, investors said that the, the, the company has had a, a very aggressive M&A strategy. Um, it, has, it has large EBITDA addbacks and quite high leverage. Um, and many were wary of, of, of UK insurance broking as a whole. Join Reorg for an insightful webinar on Wednesday, February 21st at 2 p.m. GMT to discuss Ukraine's upcoming sovereign debt restructuring, the resilience of Ukraine's economy, and the international effort to seize Russian state assets. Register now at reorg.com forward slash events. Download Reorg's Leverage Loans and High Yield Bonds wrap available on reorg.com forward slash reports or through the link provided in the podcast description. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next week for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.